right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Stories from a Mountain Town. Uh, today, this is your host, Tyler. And today with me, I have another um, fantastic local Jackson artist, Connor Liljestrom. Yeah. Did I get it right? Got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Connor, welcome to the show. Um, could you please introduce yourself a little bit deeper to the audience? Yeah, Connor Liljestrom. You got the last name right. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. Has been for... Uh, many teachers and people along the way mm-hmm. um yeah i was born and raised in jackson oh sick. um yeah i had uh you have the saint john's birth certificate that's kind of the real local stamp of approval oh yeah definitely <laughs> um and i'm I'm now back home full-time for a few years since mm-hmm. graduating and uh full-time art painting yeah. all the time yeah awesome, awesome. is there a, is there uh um so we had uh i had uh Haley Badenhop on. Do you know her? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she like focuses on murals and stuff is her main focus. So what's like what's kind of what's like the size or the shape of the, your main focus that you like to do? Yeah, I'm a large scale contemporary uh, oil painter. Oh, sick. So, um, you know, some some stuff gets into kind of mural size, mm-hmm. um, but I am working in the fine art space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, like the largest painting that I have right now in, in the gallery that I'm showing is like uh, six feet by eight feet, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it kind of kind of gets to a scale that does fully inhabit the space, you know, that's yeah. in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like working big. I, I, uh, I, I paint kind of like in big movements, you know, and, and pretty energetically. So a bigger space. Um, to do that in makes makes sense yeah you know compared to kind of working smaller and from the wrist or fingers right yeah and have you have you kind of been like always into art or painting like your whole life and then you just at one point there was like i need to do this for a career or for my living yeah uh yeah essentially um i've been art inclined um art inclined i like that yeah from a very young age Mm -hmm. um i was well supported in that from my folks Mm -hmm. um you know kind of my mom always making sure that i had a space to do that where we lived and as well as kind of the rest of my siblings um and i was pretty successful on that track through high school and um you know got got a lot of scholarships towards my kind of college education from art. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, I didn't go into college for art. Oh. I, uh, I was a little bit concerned about, um, making money <laughs> yeah. you know? and I, I have no interest in being hungry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until, uh, my third year in school that I, I switched my major to art. Um, what did it start at? It was a uh, it was a winding road. I, I started at uh, secondary education and history um, nice. to be like a high school history teacher. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a teacher in that space that um, made a big impact on me, and I kind of liked that side of things and and the way that it seemed like that curriculum could be, um, you know, relevant to kind of current lessons with kids and as it as it went on, but. Um, then I had, uh, a brief foray into statistics after, um, being gassed up by one of my professors that I should really take the statistics route. Uh-huh. And I 
kind of like I crushed the stat 2070 <laughs> like and then f- like flat out failed stat 3050 so <laughs> that that was kind of my quick boot from there yeah um and then kind of went towards kinesiology I'd been a really I'd, winding <laughs> yeah I'd been and those were all kind of like dabbling in personal interests but not like passions you know mm-hmm. it's like I I like training I I play D1 rugby and um I was uh like in, in my time at home um I was a trainer at a gym here and so it was cool. kind of like that seemed like it might be an appropriate space to go that's and the common um the college I went to is big in PT and OT and uh AT okay cool and so the joke the joke in those majors is like the athletes who don't know what to do with their life just go into those <laughs> yeah. US careers. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I, I think there's like some sense of uh, qualification. Like you feel like you're yeah. at least somewhat qualified because of what you actually do. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely not the case. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I certainly feel the same way. I played D3 football. Okay, So cool. like I feel like I have a good sense of like personal training yeah or like i you know i was in the weight room every single day for you know six years yeah four years in college and then kind of in high school yeah and i built myself from being like i weighed like two set or 170 when i graduated high school and i got up to 230 to play tight end oh, nice. and i was like if i can do that like i knew something i do i was doing something right yeah 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 and i got so much stronger so i would kind of sit feel like i have some sort of yeah knowledge path in that sense well yeah i mean at least you know foundationally mm-hmm. that there are some principles that i've used for myself that work in human physiology yeah. so you know there could be a little bit of carryover um but yeah no uh bio 101 tossed me off of that course because <laughs> that was i'm like to succeed in this class i remember feeling like i would have to put so much time in yeah I knew I could, but I was just I just not willing to mm-hmm. um, apply myself the way that I needed to to get through that major. And I, I just didn't want to be in school. Um, I didn't when I graduated high school, I wanted to take a gap year. Like I didn't feel driven to go to school. I, I had always known that I wanted to go to college, but when the time came, it felt more like I needed a break and some adventure and um, I didn't get to do that because my scholarships were all contingent upon starting the fall, you know, after graduating. Um, so I, I think there was a little bit of remnants of feeling like I, I didn't really get to do what I wanted right there. And, and I was kind of cooped up and I, I was just ready to drop out of school after mm. a couple of years in. And I, like I told my folks, I'm like, I'm not planning on coming back after the semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad just gave me the cliche, but really good advice. He's just like, if, if money was taken care of, what would it be? And they kind of, both my parents knew it was art, Mm -hmm. you know? And they're like, if that's art, you know, give it a try, try like one more semester. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a ticket. It was like, yeah, I do. That's the thing I love. That's the thing that I want to be here for. Um, and then so it was this kind of awesome flip because instead of not wanting to get out of bed to go to class, I was like, you know, and I didn't have any credits that were applicable. So I was basically like in my junior year starting 
as a first semester freshman in Mm -hmm. this new major, you know, but, and that was kind of good for me at that stage because I had like, I had the taste recently in my mouth of what it was like to not care about what you were studying and not like doing it. Yeah. And then, so I kind of came in with like this different energy and perspective of really wanting to be there doing that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I applied myself and, when I went into that major, I also decided it wasn't like I'm going to do this to finish school. It was like, I'm going to be a full-time professional artist. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, that's what I moved forward with that energy. Um, and that obviously creates some, you know, uh, awkward moments when like all your peers in that major, your professors, you know, become aware that that's, that's your plan. And it's actually surprisingly not that common to, um, end up being a professional artist when you, with a art school degree. Yeah. I was just thinking that like, what else, what else is the, uh, goal for someone that goes to college for art? Well, it seems like, um, there's a number of kind of creative outlets for sure, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily like professional art, you know, like could be video game design, could be graphic design, mm-hmm. you know, like work in um, creative for like business. Yeah. Yeah. Like be, be the create in a creative department mm-hmm. for a corporation basically, yeah. you know, yeah, like I, I, I had a friend that now works um, in marketing with the North face, you know? Oh yeah. Um, sick. And but it's not like, you know, kind of free direction for, you know, your artistic outlet. It's, you know, yeah. Hey, design this webpage, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, or it is the case too, that some people are looking for a safe space in art school. You know, they're kind of like, um, the, like an odd duck, you know, a lot of, a lot of us are, um, (laughs) And it's like that happens to be a place, especially on uh, college campuses where you like are particularly honored or, you know, like accepted for who you are. Um, And so that does kind of uh, end up like that sheltering effect. It seemed like to me um, was like, hey, some people aren't necessarily artists, but they're like free spirits that don't really fall in anywhere else. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, this is my impression. That's an interesting take. Yeah. I, I think I def there's definitely people like that at the college I went to as well. Where'd but you go to school? It's called the college of St. Scholastica. It's in Duluth, Minnesota. Okay, cool. It's like way up North. It's where like, it's the Western most point of Lake Superior. It's oh, right okay, cool. Yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty sick up there. Yeah. Did you do a lot of canoeing and water-related things while you were in school? Um, Not so much on the lake because it's basically an ocean, you know? Like, yeah. it has the effect yeah, yeah. of an ocean, basically. Yeah. Like, it, there are – there's big waves, so, like, you need an actual big boat. Yeah. Some people, like, on calm days, you can do it, but um, I didn't I didn't get into that. But did a lot of – they get more snow. There's a thing called lake effect snow there. Yeah. They get more snow than the rest of the upper Midwest. Okay, cool. Um, so did there's decent skiing and snowboarding there actually, um, and then a lot of like camping and hiking in the areas. It's really cool. Yeah, because it's sick. all it's on a giant hill 
the whole city is on a big hill. Okay, cool. Like, How how'd you end up there? Well, I grew up in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, and then um, when I was looking where I should, I wanted to play football in college, so I was looking at the places that I would want to go to, and also that I was good enough to play at. Yeah, and you know, I probably I could have potentially stretched and gone D two, but I don't. Who, who knows if I would have played at all or ever. Yeah. Um, but I knew I could play a D three right. for sure, and um. Uh, I liked, and I, I was a marketing major, marketing management major. So you don't really have to have a specific school for that. Mm-hmm. Most schools will have yeah, a decent yeah. business program. Um, so it was really about like where, if football doesn't work out, where could I find myself hanging out for four years? Yeah. So because yeah. there's you know there's schools around everywhere around that have D three football, but they're in stupid, they're in awful towns, they're yeah, in yeah. towns with nothing there, or they're around the twin cities where I wanted to get away a little bit. And yeah. And I really, I've I always loved that city of Duluth. I've been going people vac. it's like a big vacation spot. Okay. For the cool. Twin cities people. Nice. How far away is it? Uh, like, like two and a half hours nice. from where I grew up. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's, it was that good amount where like my parents could come to all of, all of my home games. Um, and, but also like they weren't just going to pop in one day. Like I was in effect on my, you know, out of the nest yeah couldn't they couldn't really fully support me as much as they obviously if i was like in the twin cities yeah so it's, yeah. it's a good distance yeah yeah where you feel like you're on your own but yeah uh, striking distance yeah know? if something really happens like i could get back home yeah. quickly and um and and the fact that it's like a tourist town they you know relatives could come up and make weekends of visiting me and you know, yeah. they come to the football game and then they also just are there for the weekend because there's a lot more to do than just that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know what that's like because I went to school in Laramie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it is a big football town. Yeah. You know, it's like that's it's for the college. It's not a resort town. Yeah. I just uh, a buddy of mine just went back to school there and we're trying to line up going out for a football game because I think that would be so sick. Yeah. Maybe not this year. Yeah. Are they I don't think they're doing anybody in the stands, right? I think they are oh, they so are. far last that I heard um, like a limited number of tickets Yeah, and they're trying to have some, I think some manner of social distancing, mm-hmm. but uh, that's kind of not the best way to see it. Yeah. You know, it's want to be in there. Yeah. And, and war Memorial is the stadium, mm-hmm. you know, our, our home stadium. And there's, it's really good energy there when it's allowed to be full yeah. and packed, you know, like, homecoming the whole because it is a college town you know that it's built it's built around the college anymore Mm -hmm. you know it was initially a rail town but um now because of school that's pretty much what drives the whole economy Mm -hmm. essentially um and so it's cool you know like they shut down roads like people are walking and and tailgating and it's it's for that you know and so that's that would be the better way to see it. Yeah. You know, I love how they, uh, the, their end zone art is the Tetons. Yeah. I love it. And they change that. Cause even though like anybody who knows Wyoming and knows Jackson knows that the Tetons aren't, aren't by the school. Yeah. But yeah. From, from the outside looking in the like, perception. Oh, all of Wyoming is the Tetons probably. So they just would connect university of Wyoming to the Tetons it's, automatically. Yeah. Wyoming, um, smartly uses jackson for most of its branding yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and i would i this is some of those promo materials for the university you know you'd be walking around and i'm like 
yo, Ma- Mount Moran is not anywhere around here, yeah. guys. <laughs> Where it's like, it's like, find yourself. And it's yeah. like the Tetons. It's like, I'll find myself in the Tetons and Jackson's five hours away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it would be worth going. It's cool. Um, yeah. It's cool. It, w- it ended up, I kind of had my heels dug in going there initially. Um, and it can't, it came down to price, you know, it's like, it's so wildly affordable in comparison to what generally students have to get themselves into financially Mm -hmm. to go to school. Um, you know, my tuition was under two grand a semester. Jesus, Um, dude. and yeah, I mean, that's after scholarships, but it wasn't like I was on a full ride, you know, and, uh, it's it's really incredible value for that you know yeah Um, and that's that's the deal with um in-state people right yeah that's that they make a big jump between like out of state and in-state yeah but still you know like we we have a huge um or, or the university had a huge population of uh colorado students because it was cheaper for them to go out of state without scholarships to wyoming than it was to go in-state without scholarships to like csu wow yeah that's crazy Um, i would think that you know a lot of when you hear about these stories it's a lot of um like the state industries can subsidize that basically yeah it's how it's so cheap and you'd think that maybe that like the like the marijuana money could have helped them subsidize some of that and like just bring it down well the um, I think that's certainly the case for some of like their, their public education at more um, of, you know, like a K-12 level. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of money pumped into the schools so far as I know because of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's also like all, all states have a certain amount of their, um, you know, minerals or, or kind of like their industry tax that has to go to education. Yeah. And uh, but like in a school, a place like Colorado or even more so California, like that tax is being chopped up so many times oh, yeah. to all these different places, all these different pools. But you take um, kind of the the golden cross section in Wyoming, which is extremely mineral rich state yeah. that has, you know, a huge amount of money coming from, you know, that like mineral extraction to education tax is and that, it's sorry it, what are the is it natural gas what other minerals do we coal coal um uh talc talc and what's that talc is uh um i won't say too much about it because i don't know but we should look it um up. yeah look. check it out like if you if you look at that um t-a-l-k c t-a-l-c A mineral that helps eliminate excess fluid in the lungs by closing the gap where the fluid accumulates. I don't know if that's the thing. Is that is that right? Uh, it might well do that as well, but I think that mineral. I think that talc itself is just a mined mineral. Monoclinic mineral with sheet structure. I don't know what any of this means, um, but either way. Yeah, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> you know, you've seen that meme where it's like, uh, like Kel from Keenan and Kel, and he's like, "Yeah, I know some of these words. Yeah, yeah. I know none of these words. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like that." Um, but in any case, and I, I think it, it, I think talc is the other big one. Yeah. Um, but 
in any case, you know, like Cole, um, just to pull I, a rough statistic out, I think 40% of the nation's coal um, comes from Wyoming. Whoa. Yeah. Everyone talks about coal with like, about like West Virginia, but they never say anything about Wyoming's coal deposits. Yeah, I think uh, that's cool. Yeah, um, it's it's a, a very mineral rich state. Yeah. Um, and anyway, to finish that thought, it's mm-hmm. that tax is not chopped up a lot. Yeah, you know, there's only one four year university in Wyoming, so uh, there's a program called the Hathaway program that is. It's a uh, scholarship that you don't even have to apply for. If you graduate from a Wyoming high school they and you're going to UW, they take your GPA and um, your ACT score and just like on a chart, they find that number and they just give you that. You don't, yeah. you don't apply. It's like, hey, that's how much money you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, like my one of my sisters is there um, right now. Well, both of my sisters are, but one of them is on um, the trustee scholarship, and that's like, don't even bring a pencil. You know, they're <laughs> we like, got you. yeah, they're like room, board, yeah, books, e- like everything, like your food. They, it's it's a full ride. Yeah. You know, um, so it's just it's just very well funded. Um, and ended up being a, just a really wonderful place to go to school that I didn't anticipate because kind of part and parcel to the way the town is set up is you're, you're there to go to school. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like you're in a city that there happens to be a school. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a lot of like, like most of the residents there are like-minded. They're either students, grad students, or some way supporting Maybe they work for the, the college university. or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think that the population of Laramie is around 30,000 and um, students are like 14,000. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. So, you know, and not everyone is considered in that population there, but... Um, and then there's some really cool striking distance outdoor stuff there, like world-class climbing in Vitavu. Mm-hmm. Um some really cool hiking and stuff in the, in the snowies. Um, it's, it's a, it was a cool spot, but when I was there, I felt like I'm here for this, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't have to pull myself away from these other pursuits. And especially when I got into art, I'm like, I'm here to, when I'm here, I'm, I'm painting pretty much, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, when did you decide, I've been looking at your van this whole time. When did you decide <laughs> that that was going to be your method of transportation? Uh, when when I decided was uh, early on in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I could afford it was February. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's sick. Um, but yeah, er, early on in high school, I, I've always kind of, like... Sometimes I think about it and it kind of goes back to that like feeling of like building a fort as a kid, like that kind of feeling of like security, you know, almost like you're like, I have my own space, Uh you know, it's kind of like a fort. It's like kind of the start, like it's like the caveman's van, you know, it's like to feel like you have a spot that, you know, you can, it was like the dream to think about you could go somewhere 
and you have everything you need, you're just ready to go. Yeah. And of course you can do that with a lot less. The, the van is an indulgence, um, mm -hmm. especially, you know, getting it new, but it's so cool to think of like the comfort in which you'll be able to experience more things. Yeah. Um, and for, for me practically, um, part of the reason it financially worked is because I need it to move paintings. Oh um, yeah. You know, I was having to rent a box truck from U-Haul every time I needed to move a painting because oh, they yeah. can't fit. Like e even a long bed truck can't fit them unless you like build a crate and it's sticking up out of the, you know, the bed. Cause mm -hmm. you only have four feet wide, you know? So, and all, all of my work is bigger than that. So, yeah. um, it it's like practically useful to be able to always have like, okay, I have something that I need to go to the gallery or I have a painting in there right now. It's a small one, but after this, I'm going to drop it off at a client's house. Mm. Um, and to just be able to do that all the time is awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. I love, I, I you see my, that's my truck out there. I've been daydreaming and kind of looking around town. Uh, I love just how in the summer you see all the coolest, like, decked out camping vehicles yeah. from everybody yeah like whether it's trucks jeeps um forerunners vans like you, yeah. see, you get to see everybody's different take on wanting to bring like a little bit of comfort to to the wilderness areas yeah yeah, yeah. and i could get you could get a lot of really good ideas of like how do i want to do it totally just looking yeah. around town while you're driving and it's a rabbit hole man it's just like yeah. looking at like base camp porn you're like yeah oh nice smart like you did that shower in that way. Yeah. You know? Oh, you put your bike rack on the sides of the truck. Yeah. I love that one. Like yeah. putting a topper with like bike racks on the side. Yeah. Like, That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is kind of like everyone's, uh, like when they arrive at that, you know, that product for themselves, it's yeah. like, it's their own take on not original ideas. Pretty mm -hmm. much. It's like, how do you take an idea that's been done before and just make it work? more specifically for your situation for you want to do yeah 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 and for me like i haven't built that out yet um it's kind of like to do it in the way that i want you have to do it in a specific order and kind of have all of the parts ready to go at that time so that you can like put it in in the order that makes sense and you're not like yeah hey i got all this stuff in there and now i need to do wiring and insulation yeah you know um there's an order that makes sense to do it. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's like first big trip will be, um, hopefully spending a month in January down in Baja surfing. That's sick. Everyone yeah. does that here. A lot of people do go to Baja here. Yeah. And it wasn't a thing in Minnesota. Nobody like went to Baja. Yeah. It was, it was like, they went to like Cancun if they went to Mexico or Cabo or something. Yeah. But here it's like so many people are like, yeah, I think this spring I'm going to Baja. Just going to, you know, load up the vehicle and just surf for like a month. Like what you just said, I hear that. I've heard that a number of times. Well, I think it's for good reason. It's because yeah. it's, it's like why everyone wants to be here. Right. It's mm -hmm. because there's, it's a really awesome place for recreation. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's something kind of romantic and sexy about, the like thought of going to you know like mexico to camp on the ocean you yeah know? just and, get away yeah and yeah and just definitely. be out there doing doing your thing but um yeah for the past like five years i 
I've been doing a trip with friends for um, surfing down in Mexico, but it's always been like flying and then we rent a car there and, and get, you know, kind of get a cool Airbnb on the Mm -hmm. ocean. And, um, this, this will be a a totally different style, you know, it's like, you know, you're properly out there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm psyched on that. That should be good. And I'll bring like a mobile, um, studio setup, do some kind of small travel works. Um, it'll be cool. Yeah. That's awesome. What, um, what do you do to get or stay inspired or like into that, the mindset of like, you know, kicking some paintings out, like actually doing it? How, what do you do to like get in that zone? Um, I love painting. It's mm-hmm. not hard. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, when it's, when it's time to start painting, like literally I'm about to, you know, put paint on a surface Mm -hmm. um beforehand i generally do have like kind of somewhat of a routine it's not standardized but it oftentimes includes coffee and um maybe other performance enhancers (laughs) and uh you know looking at some of my big artistic inspirations um and their work and thinking putting on tunes and kind of grooving Mm -hmm. and then when I start, I I just go, you know, and it's like, I'm not trying to work on a painting to specifically have a certain outcome. It's like one of the reasons that I don't have to, you know, sometimes I do get asked, like, you don't have a job, like, how do you stay disciplined enough to paint? And I'm like, I, I love doing it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it is what I would do if money wasn't an object yeah um, it's does does the the fact that you're doing it for money ever like block any sort of like creative juices or like put pressure on you when you're doing it rarely sometimes the the case that that happens is when and i've gotten better at dealing with this mm-hmm. you know especially right at the beginning of my career i wasn't really in a position to turn down certain work you know and commissions it's like hey this is the thing that's letting me do this yeah i gotta kind of make it work for that but um yeah it kills creativity when people try and get something from you that doesn't make sense to come from you yeah you know it's like you wouldn't hire acdc to play a classical wedding (laughs) you know it's like just hire a classical I'm just group, picture, I'm picturing you know? that now, them like a <laughs> rock and roll version of Mozart. Yeah. That would be you, sick though. It would be sick, but that's what you would get. You yeah. couldn't complain to them and be like, hey, we really, you know, like wanted Spanish guitar the whole time. Like, what's your deal? Yeah. You know, like they're going to be like, yeah, you should have hired someone that plays Spanish guitar, you know? Yeah. So, and I think even without malintent, some people will be like, oh, you're an artist. Can you do this thing for me? You know, like, you, yeah, they just see you as a, as a, you're just a painter. So you could paint anything, anything that they might think of that has to do with intricacies paint. within. Yeah. Yeah. Style. And if you, you know, uh, look at my work, it doesn't make sense to be like, could you paint me a photorealistic landscape of like the mountains with a few horses at sunset and uh, like a lady walking in the field with them. Uh-huh. I'm like, I 
could, but it I will hate it and the painting will look like someone who hated it was painting it. <laughs> you know, like it'll look dead. Yeah. It'll look like what you're talking about, but there won't be any life to it. And a big thing about the way that I paint is that it's like a feeling at the end, you know, it's yeah. because I got to do what I wanted. So I think the the thing that kills creativity is mostly commissions when people, um, but I've gotten better at steering that, you know, being like asking questions that don't put me in a box, mm-hmm. but get them closer to what they want to see in the end yeah. or upon that like questionnaire kind of screening process being like, I don't think I'm your guy. Um, and then that saves me from having to kill the thing that I really enjoy doing with something that I don't want to do. But of course, like the other thing that I love is not starving to death, you know? Um, um, and you know, in terms of not having to, uh, be hungry and, um, not having to take on another job. That's, that's one thing that I think about, um, at times is like, would I rather paint some things that I don't like to paint or, um, take on another job? Yeah. And that's, I'm not sure. It's kind of like, depends on the mood that I'm in. Sometimes I'm like, I would rather like in kind of like a pure, more romantic way, like not bastardize this thing that I love and just have another job. But then it's like, as long as it's on the side of like, I'm not bastardizing it. I'm just having to kind of like, I, I try and change it to be, from like I'm not liking this to making it a challenge you know being like uh, okay I'm just going to challenge myself with like perfect color matching or doing this faster you know like um you know for the quick draw what's your do you have a website yeah um it's connorlilystrom.com connorlilystrom.com T R O M is in Mike. Um, that didn't work. Did you do two N's O R? Did not. Did E R. Here we go. So we're looking at his website. Look at that now. handsome bastard. Yeah. Your hair's long there. Yeah. yeah. Is it long right now? I can't no, tell. it's uh it's buzzed. I got the puppy cut going. Um, okay. Yeah. So I wanted to look at this cause you, you, uh, I didn't look at this at all before you came in today and I thought it'd be exciting to hear you talk about it, your style and, um, how you get inspired for things and then look at it and see like if, if that, if what I was picturing was the same thing, these are cool. Yeah. Thanks man. Is that a wolf? Yeah. I fucking love wolves as you know. <laughs> thanks man. Hey, that piece is still available. Oh, always selling, always be closing. <laughs> we love that in the show. Oh, these are awesome. These are like the, and tell me if I'm wrong. It's these, this style seems like something that a, like rich people would put in their house and B, that is often the case, like hotels would want around because it's not too specific, but the vibe is clearly Jackson. Yeah. Well, um, kind of come by that honestly. Um, you know, because I don't, um, 
sorry, my my last two shows aren't up to date on there, but uh, generally when I go to update my website, I just decide to paint instead. Um, I can help you with that <laughs> if you want um, uh, to fill in a little bit more about what I do. If you want to know yeah. about that, um, so my main job is I sell software to banks for big tech company, but then I started a marketing company. That's this logo. Okay, and so that's Sick. how I do the marketing for Stillworks. Oh, cool. And um, we actually just, you see these editors up. We just built a website for a different client that has been super stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, I use Wix as well. Um, it was stressful the other day because no matter how professional and qualified you are online, uh, we're not yet to a point that people actually understand computers and the internet. And... <laughs> uh fully you know it's like some people are way more qualified for that and know a lot more but they still don't know everything yeah you know like i'm on i'm on the phone with the guy that's like tech support for my website and the best that he could come up with when i was describing what was happening to my website is he's like yeah um there must be a glitch you gotta redo it and i'm like i know there's a glitch I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. There's clearly a glitch because you can't see anything on my website. What I want to know is how to fix that. And he's like, yeah, I think you just have to redo it. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, so maybe someone could have come up with a better answer than that. Yeah. But um, yeah, see, that's a that's a page that's not updated yet. But yeah. stories from Mountaintown will be on there. Um, yeah. yeah but, put, on, put me on your press page. Let everyone know. I, I will, but... Um, there's, uh, you know, something that's like really cool about, you know, that's, that's enabling what I'm able to do right now is, um, you know, be, being born and raised here, I kind of, um, am able to externalize that and kind of like the things that I've noticed along the way, um, with paint. And I think that, if you paint kind of honestly and, 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 th you know, think about those things, like g give them actual, um, attention that you end up having a, uh, a relatable product, you know, that, that it's a story and a feeling that even if it's hard to, uh, consciously, you know, kind of like externalize for people, mm -hmm. um, that it, it resonates and, um, they understand a little bit more about this place um, and the experiences of, uh, you know, kind of being from here um, visually, yeah. which is cool. And so I think having that resonate um, is nice, but then also an aspect of that that is um, to my advantage is that this is a very commodified space like ja Jackson is a a brand, you know, mm -hmm. um, in some ways. And a lot of people, um, try and participate in furthering things to that end. And so, um, it becomes appealing for, you know, someone that's externalizing part of the experience of this place, um, as a product, y you know, so I'm lucky that I say, don't say that again externalizing it becomes so, appealing when somebody's externalizing the feelings of this place is that what you said um yeah essentially yeah you know because 
Um, I, I don't think of my work as only a product or primarily a product. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. And, you know, I'm in the commercial art space. I yeah. like I'm fully represented at a gallery that all of my work sells there, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but I, I guess the, the expanded thought of what I'm trying to say there is that, um, I don't have to edit myself that much, um, to find something that people want, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm getting to paint what I'm interested in. And because of the, um, place that that comes from, people are interested in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm getting that now. Okay. Since you, since you authentically like grew up here, live here and you're and uh, since you're, when you're painting, it comes, it ends up being a little bit instinctual and, and ends up being authentic. The feel of what people are looking for in when they buy art in Jackson hole marries up with your authentic, um, Pro- the way yeah. you authentically put it on a, on a surface. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you've been here for your entire life except for college. Yeah. Right? Is that, is that yeah. what you're getting at there? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly that. Like that. Um, rather than, and I'm not saying there's, there's not a place for this, but rather than coming from outside this space and interpreting it, yeah, you know, that's worthwhile. It's, it, it's valid and it's just a different contribution. Yeah. But I think that it happens to be that what, I'm able to bring forward is um, a contribution that people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of the dream, dude. You're living, yeah. that's the dream where you can take, you clearly have a passion for painting, like you've said numerous times. And then you're just being your authentic self, putting that forward on the, on your art, on your work. Yeah. And people want to buy it. Yeah. No, like, it's that's exa- like the, it's exactly you're the good dream. at it. Like those are the, that's what else could you ask for? It's exactly the dream. Yeah. It's exactly the dream. And part of me is like, when is my carriage going to turn into a pumpkin? Because yeah. I'm like living, I am, my life is my dream right now. Dude. Yeah. It's completely. Um, it's, are you getting almost like that imposter syndrome? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, I feel sometimes I feel the same way. Like I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the edge of like completing what I had laid out when, when I go full time at the mark, this marketing company is when it'll be like, that'll be the point when I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, this, this is all is that what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. I love doing my sales job. I love selling. That's, I have a strong passion for that, but that's just like a, you know, a step further and living here and doing all this stuff is like pinch me. Like I've said it multiple times on here. If you had told like high school age Tyler that you're going to live in Jackson Hole, you're going to live on the road to the village and you're going to be doing all these things you're doing and have all these relationships here. Yeah. I I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, no, the amount of things that are in the way of that, like everybody wants something that is that cool like how can it be yeah yeah i do understand that yeah and i mean i I obviously worked hard to get it all done but it wasn't like there was just one day i just decided to do it yeah and then like you know work to save up all the money to get here and and then taylor actually had to get a job here obviously because she's a nurse she can't work remotely yeah um but like that happened like as perfectly as 
it could have happened. Like we just saw a job posted for labor and delivery and, or no, actually, this is a, probably a funny story that you'll think is funny. Um, <laughs> I was, I'd been, I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I'd been looking on St. John's website like daily for new job postings for her every single day. Like yeah. what do they got? And then eventually I saw a link that said like, um, send us your resume and we'll see if there's, if there's open positions, we'll, we'll consider you first. Okay, cool. Even if there's not one open currently yeah. for you. So I was like, all right, Taylor, this Taylor doesn't have a laptop. So I have a resume. I know it's current. She's been sending it out. Yeah. And I put, I uploaded her resume to that, to that link. And then they they email her like, thanks for submitting your resume. Um, we'll be in contact soon. While she was <laughs> sleeping from the night shift, oh, okay. so she just wakes up to this to this email and she's like, "Tyler, what the fuck did you do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I just put it in there. Like it's fine." And then like the next day, they say, "Taylor, this is perfect timing. We were about to open a position for labor and delivery, and that's what she does." Yeah, and it was the perfect. So she wanted to work night shift, um, full time, obviously. Uh, 12 hour shifts and that's exactly what they're about to open it up for wow yeah and then so they did it went through the interview process and it all worked out perfectly um, and that's probably the biggest obstacle between when I decided to come here and me coming here yeah but then that just happens and now then we're here and then um, our first house was um, just north of Calico um, where now they have like two brand new houses on the lot, but it used to be like almost like a little trailer type thing, like a modular home thing. Mm-hmm. This super sketchy path, like didn't know the guy, random Facebook listing. We just said like, hey, can we can we rent this for like a little bit? It was short term. Yeah. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And it wasn't like it worked out. Yeah. Then we found another place right after that on Saddle Butte. And it was like, pinch me. Like, where am I living right now? Yeah. Have you been yeah. up there? Yeah. 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 It's insane. And it just, these things just keep happening. And then, and I'm just like, wait, why, but why me? Right. I, I do understand that. Yeah. Um, and it, but it is the case almost enough that the intentions you set and like the place you want to go ends up like getting you like ends up being the place that you get to mm-hmm. that. I think there's something to that. Like functionally, that has to kind of work because it can't just be coincidence so many times for so many people that the place that they get uh, is exactly where they wanted to go. You know, if you, I do think there's something to that. Yeah. Becoming aware of where you want to get and then making decisions that get you closer to that have to obviously get you, get you there you know um, yeah like manifesting destiny yeah and i think there's a lot to that yeah i do too um well there, yeah i there has to be because mm-hmm. you inevitably it like when you make decisions every time you have an opportunity to get closer to something you're going to get closer to it you know yeah. and but i think it's really important to be aware of where you actually are trying to go because that helps inform those decisions and you just kind of decide I'm, I'm not going to take actions that get me further away from this. I'm, yeah. I'm only going to take actions that get me closer if I can help it. Yeah. Um, it's like once you speak it, you, yeah. you kind of uh, subconsciously start working your way towards it. Yeah. Once you put your flag in the ground, I want this to happen. You'll just like, if you have yeah. any sort of like, I guess, drive or anything yeah. to follow up on that, it'll just start happening. Start yeah. You're just like, this out. is where I'm going. Um, yeah. 
And that can be a confidence that's a little bit difficult for people to grapple with when they come in contact with you. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm, you know, I both have imposter syndrome and also I'm not surprised at all by the life that I'm living. It's, it's kind of a bizarre dichotomy because part of me is like, wow, really? And the other part of me is like, well, I made decisions to get closer to this every chance I got. Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, it's my, it's been my intention to have this happen. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and when it, when I first became like a full-time professional artist, um, a number of people were like, Oh my God, like, where did this come from? You know? And it's like sometimes success actually, you know, when like the material success and, and stuff that's like easier to see seems like it's happened really quickly, but I'm like, dude, the amount of nights that I've been painting until 3am the past few years, yeah, you know? Um, like the how seriously I've taken this is like now showing as this overnight thing, but it was it's been a lot of decisions and a lot of time to yeah. get here. Um and you didn't you didn't walk out of the womb with that that ability or right. those ideas. Yeah, right. Or whatever ability I had we all have different, you know, kind of places that we start and then it's how far you push it, you yeah. know? Um, so I brought certain things to the table, um, kind of right off the bat, but that's no place to stop. You know, you got to keep going if, you know, like it's up to us to see like how far we can get, you know? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of the thing that drives the, the destiny that you manifested is being authentic like authentically wanting that thing to happen yeah oh like for for an authentic reason yeah you know we all obviously you want to get paid for your works and you need to eat and whatever and but you're really doing it someone's checking out your van out there as i keep getting distracted that's uh i'll go out there and tell them that it's that you're you're over here you're probably just wondering why is there a van here um that's one of the handy guys for oh, our landlord, nice. Kate. Um, yeah, so I think when you authentic- want something to happen in, a th- in an authentic for an authentic reason, that helps kind of all the destinies and the stars align and and your own dr- drive to make it happen. Yeah. If you were like, I don't know, if you were like, I wanna, I wanna scam people with my art or something. Like, if you had like bad intentions behind what you were trying to do, probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, that shit doing bad things generally catches up yeah in some way um but you know i i'm like getting to do such a rare and special thing Mm -hmm. um and it's so worthwhile but i think that along the way there are certain things you can't control um you know, and I do feel really lucky, you know, but I think that a lot of luck or, you know, whatever that is, is, is actually just being prepared for luck. I I do think opportunities come along often for all people. It, it's just that you, it's hard to identify them as opportunities if you're not prepared 
to accept them or or take them on you know it's like i can't necessarily control if somebody that is a fan of my work talks to somebody else and that ends up being like them reaching out and saying hey do you want a show like this you know that's kind of an intangible Mm -hmm. but me being uh diligent enough with what i'm doing so that i have work at the time that that i could accept a show like that that is within my control so i think like a big part of luck is just being ready to be lucky like be be able to say yes you know like especially in the field that i'm in it's doing enough all the time that when opportunities come by i can say yes to them but you know how many opportunities do people have all the time where they see like an opening for a job they see you know this this like any anything you know a potential for a better living situation a potential for uh a new girlfriend like a healthier relationship and you know instead of going up and talking to that person that seems like you know could be a really good fit for them they're like i don't really have my shit together i don't want to like i i'm not ready to um you know like i'm not i'm not worthy of that job or like yeah 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 i think you have to have like you have to have your you have to be in the right headspace to be listening for opportunities yeah and i think i think jeff bezos talks about this where if you're if you're thinking about like the next opportunity for something to help yourself grow if you're if you're focused on that idea you're you kind of will automatically be in that listening mode to pick it up yeah we're like the, an example that I like to use at, at this at this time. Um, we uh, a ta- Taylor is friends with Chaz and Travis's or Chaz's wife because uh, Ellen works at the hospital as well. Okay. So we were like out to dr- a couple of drinks with them, and Taylor was like, "Yeah, these you know Chaz runs Jackson Hole Stillworks," and then I took the took the chance to go look at all their marketing and say. They don't really do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I did I let it kind of organically go where I wasn't just like, Hey Chaz, I'm Tyler, I can do your marketing. Yeah. It was like we hung out a little bit and then you know, I think honestly, I think El- Taylor and Ellen got in Chaz's ear to like tell him like t- to get something going because yeah. they weren't really doing a lot. But to recognize that, you know, without bothering the people you meet, there's there's an oppor- there was an opportunity there for me to get in gain a new client. And for Chaz to pump up his marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, and I, if I wasn't in the space of like, I'm always looking for that next, the new client, the next new client. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have recognized that. Yeah, probably not. Or if you were like, I want to do that, but I don't have a portfolio put together. I don't have yeah. a CV. I don't have like any qualifications to show, you yeah, know, if, if we felt that we, we weren't qualified to do like, I mean, they're a bigger business than what we had worked with before. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But if you hadn't done that such that you could present something reasonable that you wouldn't even look at that as an opportunity, it would yeah. be more like, yeah, I wish, you know, it, but it's like, Hey, if you're, if your house is clean, your laundry is done mm-hmm. and you've like saved up a little bit of money, you feel a lot better about being like, Hey, do you want to go on a date? 
you know, instead of just chronically being like, yeah, there's no one out there, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. that I just, it, it applies to so many things that, um, preparing yourself for the things that you want lets you take opportunities instead of looking at it from, uh, like a, in a desert kind of mm-hmm. way that it's like, there's nothing here. Yeah. And now they get me thinking about this to add to your point about, um, making sure you're qualified. Like t- your example was having, having paintings available if someone wanted to do a show. Uh, what my partner Alex and I did, we, we had a couple other handful of other clients before that we tested and made sure that our tactics that we wanted to do for everybody worked on a small scale when we had like no budget and we just tried to figure out like, do these tactics work? Does the strategy work? Mm -hmm. And then we did that enough times and we're like, okay, there's something here. Then we hit still works and that's, they're a really, really solid business. Awesome business with a budget to actually do the stuff that we want to do. You know, Google ads, social ads, posting all the time on social, right? All that stuff, revamp website, all that stuff. So we could do all the stuff we finally have wanted to do. And, uh, the guys are super awesome to work with was this pers this perfect, like we called them like this, this bundle of kindling. And then we, they were, you know, a solid business, solid base. We were just going to come and we were going to be the spark to it is what we yeah. said to them. And that's how it's worked out. Like now that we're now, and now we're seeing like, this is the perfect case study to say all of our strategy and tactics work when we're able to do them in full. Yeah. And now we have an ecosystem for them where it's like their social is growing. Like I think we've given that we've, we've added like, let me see what it is now. Something the, like the, 400 followers in like since July. Oh, nice. And that's, and that's substantial just because they have, they already had, they're just under 5,000. So yeah. once you get to a certain number of followers, your rate of new followers slows down a bit, especially yeah. with the market, their main market being here. Yeah. That's marketing. But nerd. they are super solid guys. Yeah. I, I, they were both very kind to me and yeah. uh, my experiences. With Which them. reminds me, this is a good place, good time to announce it. The um, Spirit of Wyoming contest is now live. It just went live last night. I'm more speaking to the audience than I am to you, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> but artists out there, if you're listening, go upload your art. Um, I'll post out some posts for them on their social this weekend to let people uh, with the link so they can go to the website and start doing it. But it's all open, same exact process as before in doing the call for entry uh, page and everything. Yeah. So get in there. And now you're the, you're the second, um, hopefully if you do it, you'll be the second one on the podcast that is a part of the contest. Uh, well, I will say as as a prior finalist, mm-hmm. it, they're super good guys. They, yeah. uh, you know, I, as a company, it's cool for them to do something that is not necessary yeah. for like out of the love out of love that they have for something like those guys legitimately believe in art you know and like support the art association here um you know they they kind of put their money where their mouth is and being a part of that like party at at the end was was awesome because it's like hey these guys are putting on a function that you know they're getting a new label out of it but they're also like there's money for the artists there's exposure for the artist. There's vodka for the artist. They get a full case, I think. <laughs> there's vodka for the artist. Um, and it's, you, you know, it's it's not uh, artificial. Like, it, mm-hmm. it feels very authentic how much 
they're like, yeah, we're trying to use a part of our company just for art, just to blow up some artists, just to help yeah. them along, just to be a, a, a productive member of that in the community. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and they that that focus is totally reigns true in our in our like kind of internal conversations when we've been building this thing. It had to be a little bit different, you know, because of COVID. They can't host that party like they yeah. could, and we're trying to figure out like, you know, how do we keep safe within those rules, but also make sure we're getting as much exposure to the artists as we can. Yeah. Um. So I think this the plan is still um. We'll, we're gonna do some sort of like live stream for the for the finalists, where like the like the final day or when we announce it we'll have the finalists come in to the distillery i'll be like live streaming on on one of my one of the phones and we'll have we'll give them an opportunity to talk to the audience the social media audience or actually i'm not sure which platform we'll do it on but talk to who's ever on the live stream and talk about themselves talk about other pieces that they're doing whatever give them background yeah and still get that exposure and maybe even more than they would have if it was a party because yeah potentially how many people were in that party 50 um 100? more yeah 100 at the most yeah maybe the 100. building's not that big but yeah but yeah that's 100 they have five over five thousand followers on social media on, on instagram and a bunch more on facebook yeah yeah for sure no it's cool and yeah. w- regardless just any anything uh, a local like company making a goodwill effort towards yeah helping something and and being a part of something that isn't necessary yeah it's awesome yeah know? they could super easy just say like all right this you know hey one artist that they already know yeah. paint as a buffalo label and that's our vodka label forever yeah yeah no it's cool yeah and, and that's the thing is like it doesn't actually formally make sense for their branding because it's like once a year it changes so people yeah. Are kind of like on the shelves, like I think this is the same. I don't know, but it's a different label. Oh yeah. You know? So in terms of like brand recognition, it what it's not. It doesn't logically seem like it would work. So that even kind of further reinforces that it's like, hey, this is f- for art. Like our biggest focus here is yeah. for supporting the members of our community in mm-hmm. in that space. It's not because it does us a huge favor, you know, yeah. and Actually, they don't, does a dis, they, they does don't a disservice. Yeah. To but they don't act that way. They're yeah. just psyched on it, you know, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole goal. Yeah. You'd think I would have thought about more about that brand recognition piece, but this is the first time I'm really thinking about it, <laughs> but it's almost like they've almost, I think this is their fifth or sixth time doing it. They've almost trained the audience that this is happening. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a local person, you, you probably understand yeah. Um, that it's going to change. And, and I bet people see it like if they're at a bar and they see like, you know, last year's label, they're like, you know, oh, that's last year. That's 20, that's 2019s. And we yeah, know yeah. what 2020s is because it's such a big deal and they get, they get so much exposure to for the sure. piece. Yeah, for sure. They're, you know, and it's consistent enough in mm-hmm. the way that they do it that I, I don't think it hurts them too much, but it doesn't, it doesn't follow a typical recommendations for building a brand yeah yeah typical recommendations is get something even if it's not perfect but just make sure it's repeatable and do it over and over again until and rock with it yeah until people just associate that with whatever feelings you give them with your product yeah exactly um 
but instead they're doing a different thing, which is yeah. like you said, you, they're, they're kind of anticipating a new thing, which is fresh yeah, um, and sweet. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. It's yeah. Cool that They've got to figure it out. They're really good guys. Super, super nice guys. Um, and they gave, you know, like at, at the art fair later in the summer that I did, um, you know, the, the year that I, I did that with them, they, like came over and talked to me like, Hey, how are things going? It's not just like, Hey, just mm -hmm. the contest. Don't really know who you are. They're yeah. like, yeah, you're killing it. It's cool. You know? Yeah. Um, that's one thing that stands out to me every time I bring like friends that over there, like throughout the summer, just to get a slosh or whatever. Yeah. Like both of them, if they're not, you know, super slam doing something, they set, they make the point to stop and talk to this random person that I just brought up. Yeah. Like they have no, this is not necessary to talk to my random friend. No. Or they're going to get a sloshy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, a couple of those friends have now come back for a second time and they're like, oh, I remember you. How is, like, this guy was in law school? He's like, how's law, how'd law school finish up? Or how'd the boards, how'd your, um, what's it? Is it the board? The bar. The bar. How'd the bar yeah. finish up? You know? Yeah. Like, Chaz actually did that to yeah. a friend that I had come back, like, months later. Dude, that. That is is such an admirable yeah. quality in a person that I don't emulate at all. <laughs> but I'm like, that makes me feel so good when someone does it. Yeah. But I don't, maybe I could, but I don't put energy into like remembering someone's name and story. It's just kind of like, if it sticks, it does. If it doesn't, but I don't really know whether I should feel bad about that, but when you do experience that, it's like, wow, you put in extra effort for me. Yeah. Not necessarily, but like in, in a non-necessary way, but a way that changed my day for the better, you know? It's yeah. Cool. And whether he's, whether Chaz con, uh, con what's what I'm looking for consciously does that because it's a relationship building tactic to say, to make them people come back for more. Yeah, you know vodka or whatever whether he's doing it that way or that's just the way he is and he's just a really genuine person the effect is that now i am going to come back there yeah fi figured of me third person me. yeah yeah i am yeah. going to come back there because the owner the, the the word owner and the fact that he's the, they are the owners and they're out client customer facing every day throws a lot of weight around yeah and the owner remembered me yeah i'm not like talking to some random minimum wage cashier yeah remembered me even that'd be cool too. The owner remembered me and because with that connotation is like, how much more shit does he have to think about right now? Yeah. You know, he has kids, he has a family, he's building this business and yeah, he yeah. remembered my, yeah. this little thing we said in a passing conversation, you know? Right. Right. Oh, he's knocking on your door. <laughs> Should we wrap this up and we'll go tell him? Yeah. Probably you're, go. you're good there. I'll just go tell him what's going on. Yeah. Probably go holler to, at him. Yeah. Just make sure he's probably just making sure that you're not like somebody's Sleeping not there. just camping there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Connor, if you could tell the nice audience, uh, your website again, and then your social media. Yeah, man. I'm uh Connor .com, And same thing for my Instagram. I don't have other social media. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm in partnership with New West Fine Art. Um, mm -hmm. I partnered in opening that gallery in Jackson this uh, spring, kind of beginning of summer, and yeah. um, it's where I'm exclusively represented. Um, Fantastic. And we're doing a kind of a cool new thing. Where are they located? They're on uh, Center Street. Okay. Um, yeah, kind of by New West Knife Works and across from Wells Fargo. Awesome. Yeah. 
Great. Well, yeah, I will. Um, I'll make a post about this and I'll tag you and I'll tag them so that um, when people can't spell your name, they can still find you. <laughs> okay, cool. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Awesome. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, thanks everyone for listening and have a great week. Bye.